0: Shackled by a hand I met his blessed Savior and since he cleansed and made me whole. Oh, I will never cease, never cease to praise him. I'm going to shout it while for he touched me oh he touched me and all the joy that floods my soul
1: raise your hand up to heaven as we pray. Father, as we raise our hands before you that recognizes that we need a touch from you today, God. Lord, we ask you to reach back this morning with your precious Holy Spirit. Father, we love you this morning and we thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, we thank you that you're an on-time God this morning. And Lord, we glorify you and we praise you this morning, Father. I thank you that you've come to this little audience this morning, God. Lord, this little church, God, with just about a couple hundred people. But Lord, you make yourself known this morning. And Lord, you let us know that you remember who we are. Lord, as we remember who you are. You're our healer, our buckler, our guide, our shield. Lord, you're the morning star, the lily of the valley. And we give you praise this morning, God, for there is none other above you this morning. But, Lord, let us come into your house with thanksgiving and, Lord, with praise, as we talked about in Sunday school this morning. We thank you, Father, and we glorify you, Jesus. It's in your precious name that we ask this morning. Hallelujah.
2: I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure. Am I more than just the sum of every high
1: seen a tree of, I don't know if how many of you have been in a hurricane. We were in Hurricane Charlie, and the trees, the palm trees there, are built to where when the wind blows, they can go almost over and touch the ground, and they come right back up. And he said, he loves like a hurricane, and I am a tree. Sometimes his love and his mercy takes you to the ground, and then he brings you back up because he is merciful, and he builds us to serve him. And if you're not serving him this morning, get into the battle. Get into the army of the Lord this morning. Join the ranks because he's worthy today.
3: I stood in the courtroom The judge turned my way. It looks like you're guilty. Now what do you say? I spoke of your honor. I have no defense. But that's when mercy And I feel poor. Hey.
4: join in with us. Y'all heard it a hundred times. Broken from the journey, beaten from the struggles, straining to see his hand at work in me. In the middle of confusion, doubts and delusions. I wonder is God really listening But when he speaks I know his voice When he speaks my soul does rejoice When he I've struggled for answers The seas of my troubles I'm drowning in the waves of life's ocean's tide Desperate situations Present complications I just need a place where I can run and hide But then he speaks I know His voice When He speaks My soul we're drowning in the waves of life's oceans tide. desperate situations crazy messed up complications i just need a place where i can just run and hide but when he speaks i know his voice when he speaks my soul does rejoice when he speaks Do we hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying unto the church?
5: Um, we were talking about this in Sunday school today. Ryan mentioned uh, I Can Only Imagine um, song, and he was talking about how he could only imagine. And I was listening to a podcast uh, a couple weeks ago, and Skylar sang I could Only Imagine. And I was sitting in my car listening to it and just crying because I remember when that song first came out. And I wasn't a Christian then, And I don't remember what year that song came out, but I don't know if you guys have a dad or a parent that when you guys switch cars, I borrowed his truck one day, and then when I got back in my car, it was tuned to the Christian station. But anyway, that's what my dad did all the time. So anytime I got back in my car, it was already on, you know, the Christian station. But anyway, there was a song playing on there called I Can Only Imagine. And when you sing that song, and Ryan was talking about today, you can only imagine what it would be like. Amen. But when you're not a Christian and you try to sing that song, think about that for a second. That's it. That's the best it gets. All you can do is just imagine about it. That, that, it's the most sad song in the world if you're not a Christian and you're trying to sing that song. And it really hits home for me when I think about that song. And that reminded me of that a couple weeks ago. And if you're not a Christian here today, I dare you to listen to that song and try to sing that song. In fact, I'm going to step it up a notch and double-dog dare you to to (laughs) listen to that song and try to sing that song if you're not a Christian because it's hard. It's really hard to sing that song. I'm honored to be up here, and thank you. Thank everybody.
6: Crossing the calm sea with Jesus, the disciples were getting consumed.
7: This morning I was telling someone that the Lord just came down in the car and we just had a good talk. Isn't it wonderful? His presence is greater than anything in this whole world. And to know that you have that personal relationship with him, the one who loves you so much and died for you. And I thought about how how he suffered and You know, I was thinking, um, how long has it been? And I kind of got the figures going. And 56 years, when I was 21 years old, I gave my heart to Jesus. And um, it's been a rough road, but it's been the best road that you could ever travel. If you don't know him, try him today. He sticks closer than a brother. He'll be there no matter what comes or goes. And I just want to thank him and praise him for the years that he's brought me through and helped me to stand till this day. And oh, one day I'm going to see his face. One day I'm going to have a reunion with so many. He's talking about those films and I look back and I think about Brother Pruitt and our pastor and, and, and the way that that he rejoiced and he preached and he told us the word and he blessed us and he won my son to the Lord. And I'll tell you, so many, so many more. And I'm just grateful for, you know, times like that and and inheritance that, that I can look back and see where I stand because of my heavenly father and the people that has surrounded me and loved me. Oh, I thank him this morning and I bless every one of you and I know that God is here and I feel his presence so much. I love you and I love Jesus more than anything. I was burdened down.
8: joy
0: leave me all the
9: He will.
10: With today. I don't know why, but God's put me on this and I've been in it all week. And there's a depth of this that bothered me. And I know the day we're living, and I know the day that Israel was living at this time. God showed Israel his truth, his power, his mercy and grace. And he's shown it to America. And he's shown it, I think it things. I'm trying to talk in it, Rick. I guess that's on him.
5: But he showed
10: America the same grace and the same mercy. And we live in a, a, a touchy time. And obviously, the church has a big part of this. And we're accountable. So I want to tell you that when I wrote this down, I'm going to skip a couple of things, but the 32nd chapter of Exodus is where when Moses came down off the mountain, God told him to go down because the people are corrupting their self. He gave him the Ten Commandments, and Moses went down, and when he got to the bottom, he saw the dancing. He saw the, the golden calf that had been built. He saw all that. He took the Ten Commandments, and he threw them down on top of that, and you know the story, you've seen probably mostly in uh, the Ten Commandments movie, but it's in the scripture. But something that he said after that, in the I'm going to read one verse there, in the 32nd chapter of Exodus 26 verse, he said, then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, who is on the Lord's side? Let him come to me. And all the sons of Levi came to him but God is asking today the same thing who is on the lord's side and i'm not trying to condemn nobody i'm not trying to judge anybody but we have got to make up our mind that we're in the time of decision we're in the time when america and the church needs to make the choice and we need to see what we're doing because the truth is god knows what you're siding with. Now, you can side with Democrats. You can side with Republicans. You can side with the rich and the famous. You can side with the poor. You can side with the black issue. You can side with whatever issue you want, the Muslim issue, any way you want to. But when it comes down to it, God is looking at your heart, and he's saying, what do you know of me, and why aren't you trusting me? Why aren't you putting your trust in me? Because I have done all these things. I am no respected person. I love all equal, and I paid a price for all mankind. And yet we decide what we want to throw out of what God gives us and accept the rest. And sometimes it fits what we want, sometimes it don't. You know, God's never been that kind to me. He's always told me, basically, when I want to start getting real selfish and saying what I want, God gets quiet. You ever get quiet with somebody because you knew they were spouting off and they were wrong? You know what? God lets me know. I'm not listening to that. You're being selfish. I'm not listening to that. You're You're being too much involved in what you think what does god think what does god say am i on the lord's side today are you choosing the lord's side today and what's going on in our country and what's going on in our nation i want you to turn to ezekiel 9 if you can i want you to look at one verse in in in, uh, chapter 8 of ezekiel it's in in verse 3 it's a big verse but it's ezekiel and he has put forth the form He said in verse 3, of a hand and took me by the lock of my head. I think that's his hair, lock of mine head. And a spirit lifted me up between the earth and heaven and brought me a vision of God to to Jerusalem. To the door of the inner gate that looks toward the north. Where was the seat of the image of jealousy? Which provokes, provokes to jealousy. Now, you know what? I know you heard me read that, and I know you probably don't get what he's talking about. But what I want to read that was, I want you to understand, it starts back in the 8th chapter of Ezekiel, but Ezekiel is getting a vision from God. Now, you know what? Ezekiel, and I want you to understand this, when the Babylonians came in and sieged and took over Jerusalem, then, all of a sudden, they began to take some out of there and took them back to Babylon, and some were left in Jerusalem. Some, like Jeremiah, was left in Jerusalem, and he preached to those who still in Jerusalem, even though they were overtaken, even though their land was overtaken. And some, like Ezekiel, is in Babylon. But yet God reaches over to Ezekiel, picks him up by the head of the hair in this vision, and he shows him the door that enters the temple, that enters the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. Why is he doing this? Listen to me. God's going to do pretty much the same thing someday. But God's fixing to do something. And I want to tell you something. They may have been in bondage, but their problems wasn't over yet. We may have a, a, a COVID going on here, but can I tell you our problem isn't over yet. You may have a cure for the, for the problem of the, of the COVID, but I'll tell you right now, our problem's not over yet. Why? Because until we repent before him, our problems are going to keep right on coming. Excuse me, but that's exactly what was going on with Israel. Israel had been warned, warned, and warned because God loves them. He sent prophet after prophet after prophet, and what did they do? They didn't believe they'd go into bondage. But how many knows they went into bondage? And they believed while they're sitting in in bondage in Babylon, oh, this is just going to be temporarily, we're God's people. He's going to take them right out of the way. Babylon's going to get knocked down, and we're going right back to our city. Let me tell you something. You can think what you want about what America can do, but listen to what I'm telling you. Until we get on God's side, we're in trouble. America's in trouble, the whole nation's in trouble, the whole world's in trouble, and that's why our leaders are not listening to the people because the people are not doing what what, uh, Schuyler uh, sung about. They're not crying to the master. Till we cry to the master, things ain't going to really change. We're fighting the symptoms when the truth is we need to get back to the core of the problem. Ezekiel uh, 9. I want you to understand this because judgment on Judah and Jerusalem has come. And when I say that, God has taken Ezekiel and he says, I want you to deal with those people that's in bondage because they ain't really changed yet. I mean, here's what I'm saying. So Ezekiel, him being from the priestly background, and yet there's no priestly work to be done because they're in bondage. So here he is, God is starting to speak to him and use him like a prophet. And he's speaking things. He has this vision. And what is the vision about? An end is coming. How many knows America's got an end coming? I'm not talking about. Uh, erasing the fact that this country is called America. I'm talking about this this life of thinking we're okay without God. Let me tell you something. God's bringing it to an end. And he's going to decide who is on the Lord's side. Hear what I'm telling you today because I promise you this is not what I would come up with. But this is what God has come up with. God has shown this. I read this story and I kept thinking to myself, God, there's too much to read. There's too much going on. God, you have loved them so much for so long. And yet they keep turning. Yet they kept turning. What was they turning to? They were turning to idol worshiping. You know why he read that about? The jealousy? Because God is a jealous God. How many hears that? You might as well get it out, get it out of yours. You can claim God's bias if any way you want to, but you'll never prove it. Because, but God has said it himself. I am a jealous God. Let me tell you something. You tell your children. Your children look a little bit like you. They've got a lot of your traits probably. And if somebody else comes up and said, yeah, I made that boy look like that. I, I patted his head, I, I, I fixed his hair, and I, I made him look cool, I made him look good. But no matter what they say, they can say your child's beautiful or whatever, they're a reflection of you. And you don't wanna give up nothing that is yours. If that's yours, you say, that's my baby. That's my boy, that's my daughter. That's my wife's daughter. Doesn't she look like her mother? Think about it, you know what? God is a jealous God. God created all things, and he made life. And he's not going to stand by while his people, called by his name, gets on their knees and worships and sacrifices to a false God and not be jealous. Get it in your mind because, see, God's playing this. He's dealing with us the same way as he dealt with them. We worship everything in this life but him. He's just something that we drive by to worship when he is not first in our heart, when he's not what we trust. Verse uh, Chapter 9, he says, And he cried also in mine ears with a loud voice, saying, Cause them that have charge over the city to draw near, even every man with his destroying weapon in his hand. And behold, six men came from the way of the higher gate, which lie toward the north, and every man a slaughter weapon in his hand. How many hears that? You know who them are? They are angels. Now, best I can understand, even though it calls them men, they're angels. And they've sent been sent to bring judgment on the children of Israel at this time. Those people that's in Babylon. He's given him a vision, and these men are coming with their their weapons to destroy, to slaughter. You say, what kind of God do we serve? We serve a a true God. He's been patient with you, a lot more patient with you, a lot more patient with me. I don't deserve a tomorrow. But see, my God's been patient with me. He's loved me. And every time I hold myself to Him, He corrects me and He puts me where I ought to be and He humbles me. Listen to what I'm telling you. It goes on to say, and one man, in the middle of verse two, and one man among them was, was clothed with linen with a writer's inkhorn. By his side, and they went in and stood beside, where? The brazen altar. Now listen to this vision Ezekiel's had. He's inside the temple where the brazen altar is, where the sacrifices are made. Do you think God knew what he was doing? Do you think God was trying to tell a story here? You think God's trying to get it across to Israel, what he's doing? He's showing Ezekiel exactly what he's doing. He said, I'm coming to the temple first. I'm coming to the house of God first because if the house of God can't get their act together, they're not going to help the world out there. How I many? here's what I'm saying. God's calling the church to repent. God's calling the church to align themselves on his side because the world is getting ready for judgment day. I know you don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it myself. I've got lost loved ones. Every time I pray, Lord, come quickly, there's another part of me that says, Oh, Lord, what about the ones that I love, that I know that are not right with you? I'm torn between it. But my God is gracious and merciful, and nobody can take his place as judge. He's righteous and holy, and he's pure. He goes on to say, and the glory of God of Israel was gone up from the cherub. That means the cherub in the temple. Listen to me. You know how the Holy Spirit, that when they built a, t- a tent and all that, and they put the Holy of Holies, do you know what that was for? That was for the children upon this earth of God's people to bring their sacrifice and God would meet them as they did everything he told them. He'd meet them right inside that Holy of Holy place. The presence of God. Bill was talking about the presence of God. I want to tell you something. They only had the presence of God right there. They had the presence of God that they could approach and bring their sacrifice and offering for their sin and get their heart right. But see, they have squandered that. They stepped all over that. Number one, at the north, they had a, an idol built to Asherah, what they call it? A fertile fertility god. A female fertility god. And that's who they prayed for, for their crops. They had prostitution going on and everything else going on in it. This is the children of Israel. They can look one way and worship and then turn right around. And when they're looking that way, they've turned their back to God. Hear what I'm saying. You can't have it both ways. Israel couldn't have it both ways. But the glory of the God of Israel was gone up from the cherub, up off the cherubim, and where did he go? He whereupon he was to the threshold. That means the door of the house. Now God's presence left there and he moved to the doorway. He's talking to Ezekiel now. He's showing Ezekiel this, and he called, and he called to the man clothed with the linen, which had the writer's inkhorn by his side. Now, listen to verse four. And the Lord said unto him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that do what, that sigh and that cry. Listen to what I'm gonna tell you. This is what God was showing me. He put a mark on them. Who's he putting the mark on? Not the ones that's going to die. Not the ones going to be slaughtered. He's put a mark of protection upon them. Now listen to what I'm telling you. He puts that mark on them. And he says, for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. Why did he put a mark, and why did he send this man with this ink thing to mark those? He said, mark those that are weeping over the abominations going on in their land. Hear what I'm telling you. Because see, God's looking at who is really worried about what they're doing in America. Who's really worried about what they're doing in this country. See, God's true people are brokenhearted over the abominations that's going on in this land. I mean, here's what I'm saying. If you truly love God, you know a God's heart's broke for all that he's done in this country and in this whole world for what he has done by giving up his son to lay down his life and pay a price, and yet we don't want that no more. It's old-fashioned. We just want the surface of it. We don't want a relationship with our Heavenly Father. He made provision that we could come to him. He's fixed it that we can be pure and holy. And I know when Bill said that, and others have said, when I came to Jesus, I remember the day when the Lord saved me. My heart was broken. Why was it broken? Because I was a sinner and I was lost. And when I was broken, guess what? The power of God come and he forgave me and it put a spirit inside of me and he made me know I was forgiven. I mean, here's what I'm saying. Amen. Now, if you got that in you, let me tell you something. That wasn't just for that day. That was for your life. Yes. You got to have life in him. It ain't changed. It ain't going to get no better. He gave his best for you and I. Verse 5, and to the others he said, Listen to this, in my hearing, go ye after him through the city and smite. Let not your eyes spare, neither have ye pity. He sent to the other six men, guess what he sent them to do? Go and start slaying the people. Those that's not weeping over the abominations in the land, go because judgment has come to Israel. They're sitting here waiting for their chance to get back to doing what they wanted to do, and they still haven't repented. Guess what? America's sitting wanting the doors to open to all the stores, the doors to open to everything, and all we want to do is get back to what we were doing. And God says, I'm trying to get a hold of you. I'm trying to tell you the judgment's coming. I know you don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear it either, but it's the truth. It's coming. I don't know if it'll be tomorrow. I don't know if it'll be next week. But the church is going to be raptured out of here. And he's coming for those looking for him. He said, smite, let not your eyes spare. Neither have ye pity. Slay, listen to this. This is hard hard to read. Slay utter old and young, both maids and little children and women. But come not near any man upon whom is the mark and begin at my sanctuary. Begin at my church. Begin at the temple. Because it was the people in the temple that allowed that to go on. They knew God's word, they knew what God's law said, they knew God's way. But what were they doing? Let's compromise. Let's go ahead and put up this Asherah. Let's go ahead and worship her and look to her for other things. You know what? You can't set a computer next to God and rely on the computer. You need to trust God. You can't put enough money in the bank to allow yourself to say, I ain't worried about what God's doing. I got money in the bank. Look out. I ain't seen nobody yet go. I never seen no money in the caskets. I haven't seen no money packed up. If you, Bill, I never saw that before. I'm tell you right now, they ain't taking nothing with them. They used to bury the Egyptian gods or Egyptian uh, pharaohs. They buried them with a lot of their people and a lot of their things in a big tomb. But I tell you right now, I'll be dead. I don't want none of that stuff. I'm going to a better place. I want something new. I'm gonna have a new body. And that old stuff ain't going to work. Praise God. He goes on to say, Then they began at the ancient of men which were before the house, and he said unto them, Defile the house, and fill the courts with the slain. Go ye forth, and they went forth and slew in the city. Now listen to me, That's, that's a very hard thing to read. That our God would take his own people, listen, his own people. They thought they was okay. They thought God's on our side. We ain't got nothing to worry about. How many knows they were not on God's side? And he'd been warning them and warning. Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, and a lot of the minor prophets have been warning and warning and warning. Get your heart right with God, repent. But did they do it? No. Is America. Searching and seeking and weeping for the abomination that's going on in our land? No. But we, God's people, that have the Spirit of God, we should be weeping for what's going on. Because that's not the Spirit of Christ. That's not the Spirit of God that's going on in this country. We know the Spirit of God, and we know that's not of it. Then he says in verse 8, And it came to pass while they were slaying them, listen to Ezekiel, he says, And I was left that I fell upon my face and cried and said, Oh Lord God, wilt thou destroy all the residue of Israel and thy pouring out of the fury upon Jerusalem? You think, you think Ezekiel was having a good time? It broke his heart. He thought God's going to destroy all of Israel. He says, I know they're doing what they're doing. Ezekiel cried out for him. But in verse 9, Then said he unto me, He's talking about the Lord. He said, The iniquity of the house of Israel and Judah is exceeding great. The land is full of blood, and the city full of perverseness, for they say the Lord hath forsaken the earth, and the Lord sees not. That sounds about the way the world's living today, don't it? Sounds just about like it. Land's full of blood. There's killings every day, and they don't even want to, instead, let's get rid of the police. Let's not get rid of the killers. Let's get rid of the police. And the city's full of perverseness, and I don't care what city you go to, they're in trouble. Take a ride on a Friday or Saturday night down to Cincinnati and drive through the streets where the bars are and you'll find out it ain't nothing but a party place. And they're doing everything they can to open the door for more. Our mind is not on what God is doing. Our mind's not worried about what God's doing. But God's been warning and warning and warning and warning. Listen. It says in verse 10, and as for me also, mine eyes shall not spare, God said, neither will I have pity, but I will recompense their way upon their head. And behold, the man clothed with linen, with the ink by his side, reported the matter, saying, I have done as thou hast commanded me. That's the whole chapter of chapter 9. But I'm going to tell you something, God was serious, wasn't he? God spoke it. He sent them to do a job. He sent them, first he sends one. He stopped it. He stopped the judgment to send that one ahead to mark those that were weeping and crying over the abominations in the land. Hear what I'm telling you. Ezekiel was watching what was going on. And all of a sudden, he realized, I'm left. Lord, you're going to destroy everybody? And he began to cry. In the 119th Psalm, the 136th verse, listen to these words Rivers of waters run down my eyes because they keep not thy law. I don't know who wrote this. This is the 119th Psalm didn't say David wrote it, but listen to me. He's saying the weeping. He's weeping and crying because they're not keeping God's law. He wept and cried. And Paul wrote this in 2 Corinthians 12, 21. And lest when I come again, talking to the Corinthians, my God will humble me among you and that I shall bewailed. He'll well. Bewail. Paul's going to weep and cry. Why? Many which have sinned already and have not repented of their uncleanness, the fornications, and the lasciviousness which they have committed. Uncleanness means they defile the defilement of moral and religious character. Fornication is sexual relations uh, outside of marriage. And lasciviousness is unbridled lust. And I hate to tell you, but we got it going on in our whole country. It's even worked into the church. Not your judge. I'm telling you, Paul was saying, when I come to you, and there's those that are sinned, and they won't repent, Paul says, I'm going to bewail, I'm going to weep, I'm going to cry out. Why? Because Paul loved that church. Maria, we just went through all that. I don't see Maria. There you are. We just went through that in our Bible study. And you know what? All of the Corinthians, Paul poured his heart out. He gave them everything. They had problems. But Paul was trying to work with them because he loved them. And here's one of the last things he says to them. He said, if I come, I'll be well if you haven't repented. In Revelation 7, I'm almost done. Becky, come on back up. Revelation 7, he says, And I saw another angel, verse 2, ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea. This is judgment. This is the seventh chapter of Revelation. Judgment is being poured out. The Lamb of God was worthy to take the book, take the scroll out of the Father's hand and open the seals. Why? Because judgment's coming upon the land. That's coming in the future. And he says here he sent another angel and cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in the foreheads. And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and there was sealed a hundred and forty and four thousands, all the tribes of the children of Israel. Now, you know what? You may not understand this, but I want you to understand one thing. We have been talking, and it's been coming out all over, that the mark of the beast, people's worried about the mark of the beast. I ain't worried about what the mark of the beast is doing i want the mark of my heavenly father on me oh god seal us lord us. well see i believe we are sealed listen to me we're sealed how are we sealed we're sealed by the spirit of god one now want not you hear this in ephesians 1 12 he says that we should be the praise of glory who first trusted in Christ and whom you also trusted after that you heard the words of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Praise God. See, you're sitting here today, and if you know Christ, you have that spirit. And when the spirit of God moves into the place and starts moving from place to place, guess what? You feel it when they start singing a song and it strikes the heart, the Spirit of God inside of you, says put your hands up and praise Him for what He is doing. I praise Him that He would love us enough to say, come and repent. If you don't know me, come and repent. Because there is not going to be another gospel come. There's not going to be another day. Your day is today, whether you like it or not. It's there. I was 13 years old when I seen my day. And if I would have decided to walk out of there, God may have never spoke to me again and he'd have been worthy to do it. I ain't nobody, but God gave me an opportunity that day. And I fell on my face and I wept. I didn't even know how to pray, but I knew how to cry and I knew how I felt, which was guilty. And God forgave me. 2 Corinthians 1:20 He says for all the promises of God in him are yea and in him amen unto the glory of God by us now he which established us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God who hath also sealed us and given us the earnest of the spirit in our hearts i want you to hear the evidence There's an evidence of the Word of God. And there's many scriptures. I just didn't write them down. I wrote three of them down. The third third one was 2 Timothy 2, 19. He said, nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knows them that are His. How many knows God knows who's His? If the Spirit of God, He knows. Now let me tell you something else how He knows. When He sees me, what does He see? He sees the blood. See, when you come to Jesus and you ask him to forgive you, guess the way only way he can forgive you? Through the blood of Jesus Christ because Jesus gave his life for your sins and mine. And as we repent, the presence of God comes down. And he fills your heart and he lets you know you're forgiven and you're a new man In Christ Jesus, and in the Spirit of Truth that's inside of me, He moves in, makes Himself at home inside of me. And from that time on, it's not about doing good things to make myself feel better. No, it's about never wanting to offend the presence of God inside of me. Oh God, don't let me. I used to, I used to do things in Northside running all over the place getting in trouble doing things hiding from my parents you know what I didn't care if they caught me and beat me just don't take me to my parents I didn't want to hurt their feelings they were too good to me I don't want to hurt my heavenly father's feelings he's been too good to me he's given me everything he's given you everything You may not understand some of the things that happened in your life, but can I tell you something? God knows exactly what he did in your life. And he knows how to bring you to the place where you surrender your all to him. When he sees me, he sees the blood of the Lamb. Another evidence, when God looks down, he knows the presence of God is well. He knows it dwells inside. But yet he also sees the blood applied to the life. Psalm 32 says, Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven and whose sin is covered. Is your sin covered today? Have you trespassed against God and is God forgiven you for it? Romans 5, 9, the last verse says, much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. I'm not worried about the wrath to come, Bill. It's not mine to worry. About. See, I'm justified by the blood that he shed for me when I accept Jesus I'm justified just almost as if I would never sinned before that's how pure that God looks down and says he don't ring up my old sins he says I'm just if you had never sinned before I forgive you make you mine I am protected from the wrath to come praise God and you know what God's wrath comes It's written down all through Scripture. Everybody stand if you will. Can you honestly say in your heart, I claim the blood. Have you claimed the blood of Jesus on your life? Lord, I come to you. I got nothing to offer you, but I claim your blood. God forgives us in three ways. He pardons us. That means He forgives. He covers us. That means He puts it out of sight. And our sin is not imputed to us. That means the guilt is canceled from the record. When Jesus comes in, David, you know what? It's canceled from the record that I was guilty. Jesus. My lawyer took my place. As he took your place, do you know his presence? Are you sealed from what's coming? Because it's coming. I don't know that we can change America. God can change it. But what we need to do is change us. Oh God, you call us to repentance. I repent, Lord. I'll be like Ezekiel, Lord. Fall on your face and weep for the, for the abominations that's going on in our land. And there's many of them going on. We could get a list. Just start writing them down. You think God's not paying attention? You think, God, like Israel, that God's all, he's off up somewhere he don't pay attention, he don't see what we're doing. Yes, he does. While they sing a song, if you don't know him, you come. I don't know how many more days, how many more hours. I don't want to waste one day worrying about what this world's doing or trying to fit in. I only want to be ready for Him. Not only ready for eternity, but be ready daily. Oh, Lord, show me how to love people. Show me how to reach people. Show me how to present Your truth to people. while they say, you
11: come. I can't walk upon the water and I can't calm a raging sea. Oh, but I, I know a man who can. For the lame to walk again, oh but I I know.
10: side of you? Are you holding to him? Is he your security? We have no one but him. He's the only Savior. I think Ezekiel his heart out. You know, Ezekiel was married. You know, the the message was so serious to Israel because he spoke for many chapters before Jerusalem fell. But Ezekiel's wife died. God told him his wife would die, and that was the love of his heart. The apple of his eye. he told him he said don't you even grieve out in front of people you get right back up and go tell them again and warn them again you say well that don't sound fair God knows a desperate time can I tell you it's a desperate time can I tell you God's reaching out to people can I tell you we're going to look one day at and the Spirit of God is gonna be caught up. The people's gonna be caught up and you'll have a hard time finding people that are really seeking God or really looking for God. The day of grace is today. I don't know why this message came out this way, but it's what God wanted. From the youngest to the oldest, judgment was poured. And that only tells me from the youngest to the oldest. They knew what they were doing. They weren't walking with God. They wasn't siding on His side. They were doing what their world's doing today. Let's take this gospel and let's fix it up to where people can come from all different nations come in here and bring their own God and worship anywhere they want to let me tell you something that the God's not gonna put up with that idolatry you can say we're America we're a diverse country. you can say what you want but I'll tell you God will hear the cry of his people cry for the abomination that's going on I'm not trying to save America I'm trying to save the lost souls the people that is strayed, they're getting in our country, leaving our children the wrong way, and you know it. Where's the grieving? If God comes down to mark us with a mark, would he be looking at somebody that grieves or somebody just plays along with the rest of? Are you grieving for what's happening today? I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I want you to cry out to God. See, I don't have a choice. I got lost loved ones, and I cry out for them every day. I cry out for Marquis every day. I cry out. I cry out that Nikki will be healed every day. I'm crying out for my sister Ruby. My sister vicky has been sick. Sister Becky's been sick. I only know one place where the healer is. It's on my knees. It's not in the hospital. It's not in the computer. I don't care what they tell me the answer is in the computer. That doesn't do it. They're just words. I need the power of the presence of God so do you and God's going to pour out his presence we've been praying for this revival it's coming we're praying for the power of God to fall and I think he's trying to do a work in us I thank you for being so patient God loves us can't you feel his presence loving on you it's not me. It's not this singer's. It's not nobody. It's his presence. It's been testified about. It's been talked about. But it only takes you to open up your heart to it.